1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast on a victory Monday after the Atlanta Falcons pick up a 27-24 to 24 win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, a wildly entertaining game, I would have to say. Lots of back and forth on both sides. Lead changes, 17-point runs, some gaffes, some big plays. Uh, Cordero Patterson, always, you know, someone, someone to watch. Um, but it was a costly victory for uh the Atlanta Falcons. Um Kyle Pitts is the headliner, <clears throat> you know, being the number 4 overall draft pick, making a pro bowl as a rookie. Uh I have some experience with that injury that we saw him have. Um my playing career was basically ended at 17 hyper-extending my knee, uh which is what he did. Um I ended up with really bad bone bruises and, you know, I wasn't a professional athlete or anything, so I didn't rehab it and and do all the things I should have, but my speed never came back. Um, But I didn't tear my ACL or my MCL. I strained them both really badly, um, but I didn't tear them. And it was on a hyperextension just like that. When you see the tears come a lot of the times, it's when you go laterally. The knee is not meant to move side to side this one it's the worst pain I've broken a dozen bones in my life worst pain I've ever felt in my life was hyperextended my knee and having it snap backwards like that but his wasn't that bad because he got up and walked I wasn't able to put pressure on mine for a month um so hopefully his structural uh in, in his in his uh the ligaments held up and he could be a week maybe two at most before he comes back so that one Hopefully, looks okay. Like I said, I've had some experience with that injury. Taquan Graham getting carted off looks looks a lot worse. Um, and frankly, I think he has meant more to the Atlanta Falcons this year than Kyle Pitts. I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, I think we're starting to get an idea why Pitts can't get open as much when we're watching Chicago Bears hold him. You think? You think Arthur Smith had a conversation with the referees before the game, saying, "Hey, this guy's been getting held all year." Because uh, he drew two flags. Those are as good as first down catches, uh, the, the holding penalties on Kyle Pitts. Uh, but Taquan Graham, for my money, and I want to ask Nick, who has come in here today. Nick, thanks for joining us from Seattle today. We're discussing the the loss of Kyle Pitts, how potentially that one could be a little more short-term. That was the uh, exact same injury I had when I was um, 17 and hyper into my knee really badly um changed the course of my I wasn't probably uh, probably because I was a soccer player I was never gonna play college anything anyway uh but I, I could fly I was fast and I never got my speed back but I couldn't walk for a month so you know him getting up is a really good sign um from a, a straight you know snapback it wasn't a lateral a lateral injury um but Taquan Graham, for my money, if I'm going down the Falcons' best players this season, it doesn't take me long to get to Taquan Graham. I mean, maybe third, literally. He's been that good for the Falcons' year. Chris Lindstrom, Grady Jarrett, and then who? You know, after that, for my money, it, it, Taquan Graham has been on that level for the Atlanta Falcons this year.
0: I probably still go uh, AJ Terrell, even though he hasn't been targeted as much. I think you're not. <laughs> he's still a huge piece of the offense, not mm-hmm. getting our tar- defense, not getting targeted. And then uh, Cordell Patterson. I mean, he's hello. Thank you for the win today. Uh, Cordell Patterson on the special teams. It's good to see some good special teams out there. I mean, one play like that can flip a, a season. Uh, one play like that can flip a game. And uh, what was his? ninth uh kick return for a touchdown is,
1: he now is the, the sole he, he said at the beginning of the season he'd return kicks until if and when he got his his record breaker and then he'd probably stop uh wow. he'd probably stop doing it so that was a record breaker And what's interesting nick three of those nine have come against the chicago bears and he's, 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 he's done pinch? it three times against them with three different teams i mean what are the odds what are the odds it's such a freak play yeah you know, to 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 return a kickoff anyway, and to do it three times against the same team. Um, I, I would scratch I in my mind I scratched both of those guys because AJ missed two games, three games maybe, yeah. and Cordero missed four. So as far as importance to the team over the course of the season, I'd still give the nod to Taquan Graham. Uh, but though I agree with you because cause you know, AJ and, and Cordero are both so good when they're out there. Um yeah. Gra- Graham but gets the little... argument, The argument's there. Again, even yeah. if you add those two and push them down, you're still at five.
0: Yeah. You're still at a top five player. Graham gets a slight punch uh, in this one because of the gaffe that he had against the Chargers. I just mm-hmm. like, God, I, not to talk bad about him um, when uh, he just got injured because he has been playing at a great level. Also, I think you can make an argument for uh, Drake London as well because mm-hmm. I don't even know where your offense, passing offense would be without him, uh, but... Yeah. I mean exactly i don't know where I'm would it be without jake London um so yeah no he's been great i hope he's okay i guess this the the best thing here for the Falcons is that you know he'll i think he'll probably miss the rest of the year this is just me speculating did we know what the injury is there hasn't been a no with,
1: with Taquan. i mean it looked like it looked like a knee he was holding his yeah. knee immediately going out yep. on a um cart and that's the thing with knees yeah. is there's there's no nerves and ligaments so there's an initial like pop and it can scare you, yeah. but, um, you can get up and move, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's good to see him walk off on his own. I'm like, guys, that doesn't mean Jack squat for nope. a ligament injury. Um, MRI he baby. Was, he was carted off. And again, like I said, with, with Kyle Pitts, the lateral movement is what gets more scary. The buckling or the, the straight on the hyperextension where it goes straight back. Yeah that's a lot tougher than an acl to to do damage there so hopefully he's going to be okay but i i will be a little surprised if we see taekwon again in the next several weeks at best and it it looked like a season ender let's say good morning to some folks who've come in now that the chat has opened up just a little bit michael rankeo is in first he says good morning nick and scott on the falcons podcast it was a great falcons win against the bears um I think this is one of two wins that I had penciled in for the Falcons this year at the beginning of the year. Uh, but to be fair, the Bears are playing a lot better. Both of these teams are better than where we expected them to be at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. The Bears record may not reflect it, but they're they're close. The Bears are close. Uh, yeah. Joe Cannon says, great morning, Scott. Good morning to you. And Terry Oceanboy Martin is fully excited. Double exclamation points with the red and black. And he says, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, too. Uh, James Hyatt coming in with his Cessna says, good morning, Scott and Nick. <clears throat> Marco Z, good morning, guys. Great win for the birds. Sorry about the Broncos' tough loss, Nick. It's comical
0: at this point, though, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's, uh, what is it called? Uh, the, where we, Murphy's Law? Anything that can go wrong, Will? I guess it looks like the Broncos got uh, no serious injuries in this one, so can't get too upset about that. Also, I'm all in on my... Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes now one went away from getting beat by 50 versus Ohio state or Michigan or Ohio state. I mean, God, you can't, you can't, you live for those moments. So uh, no, but it's a, uh, yeah, I have, we're going to talk about the Broncos after this. So we'll plenty of time to dig into that.
1: Yep. And then uh, make you fumble says that boy Anderson needs to be our starting uh, middle linebacker. Um, we thought there might be a chance for him to have a couple flash plays just with considering who they were playing against. Uh, that Troy Anderson, he clocked four. I looked it back up. I thought it was, I thought it was high four force. He actually clocked four, four, two at the NFL combine and he's 240 pounds. Um, you know, and and we talked about how do you use him where he's not necessarily in a read, give him half the field, you know, Mm -hmm. just don't, don't worry about anything that flows to the left and then bootlegs back out around, forget it. Let, you know, contain back, you know, take, take one side and your job is containment and attack. So Mm -hmm. on, on that side, and he had a key third down stop on a play that only he's going to make, you know, that's why you draft four, four speed out there. It was only a play that Troy Anderson was going to make. And when it all starts clicking for him, he's going to be really, really good. I did, you know, it it was a high pick second round. There's some other guys you could have taken, but I really like that pick. And I really like his future with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm gonna take this one real slow because I overfilled my lion coffee mug and I need to take the top off a little bit. Look at that. There's no 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 fake props here like they use in Hollywood when they hand out the uh, the empty coffee coffee cups to everybody. This son of a gun is full. So Nick Troy Anderson, you know I, I was a big fan um, and we were a big fan of his coming out of, uh, of out of Montana Montana State, but out of Montana.
0: Yeah, Montana State, Bobcats they had a big win this weekend, high in the playoffs, the FCS. That'll be fun to watch this year. Always love the FCS playoffs. Uh, yeah, but Anderson had a great game also. I mean, both your second rounders, I thought, had solid gains. Arnold Abichetti had a couple key uh, pressures and sacks. Uh, Justin Fields, you have to earn it, man, with him in the backfield bouncing guys off. And uh, I couldn't believe some of the play calls there at the end where they're running him when he's obviously uh, injured with that hamstring, but tight on that one. but. Falcons hold on at the end and get it. And uh, big key in the game. We talked about it. Special teams. I'm I'm going to rail on special teams the rest of the season because I'm just losing my bleeping mind with it. Uh, so great play on that. Um, defense did just enough. And this wasn't a game that. And the fact the Bears obviously were struggling to throw the ball vertically. Justin Fields made some spectacular plays, but not really made the consistent play. And the Bears defense has been horrible. The Falcons did just enough uh, to win that team, but. I don't think that this bears team is better than we thought, but their defense is significantly worse than we thought. And there were some plays left on the field by the offense. Yeah.
1: They're again, they're overall they're not an they're not an automatic dub for sure. They're yeah. they haven't quite learned how to win. Feisty. And this is one of the things I've said is I, I think you should take heart Atlanta Falcons fans. And one of the reasons why I'm I give Arthur Smith uh, a long leash because he's winning these games for the most part. I think that puts him about to 500 this year on one score games after going seven and two last year. Um, that's that's incredible. For one, the Atlanta Falcons, we all know how this team historically does in one score games. They find a way to falcon it up and lose it. And two, with this roster being built from spare parts and duct tape and, and, and draft picks and young guys, you know, watching the... Uh, watching some of the young guys play out there again you mentioned Eba Ketty um taquan Graham just sucks um that just that one just hurts Drake London Kyle Pitts um let's see Anderson we mentioned him Richie Grant some mm-hmm. of the guys out there that are, are really playing well there's a couple of misses in there you know the Jalen Mayfields of the world but that happens too you know uh, that you' you're not gonna hit on all of them. Um, Antonio Langford says, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Antonio. Appreciate you being in. And, um, Mr. Smith says, "Taquan Graham backup, Abdullah Anderson, I believe is his name, did an excellent job. He got a sack and a key run stop. He's starting. Abdullah has been starting for the last couple of weeks. Um, he was a 53 man cut at the beginning of the season. And I wrote up on all Falcons, like this was a surprise cut. Abdullah Anderson should be part of this team. So they cut him, brought him back to the practice squad, elevate him. Signed him, started him. So he's uh, another former bear. He is a, he'd be a really, really good, as you say here, backup. He'd be a a good rotational guy, like one of the best, which made him an immediate upgrade over anybody the Falcons had inside last year, not named Grady Jarrett, who was actually playing more of an N and a 3 4. So you can, that's still a place where you can get better. But Abdullah Anderson, for the guys the Falcons have been parading through, uh, I want to say Swanee. That's how old I am. They moved to Flowery Branch about 15 years ago. Through Flowery Branch, Abdullah Anderson has been, to me, easily the best of those practice squad, one-year vet guys.
0: I agree, yeah. He's flashed. He's been fine. He's not somebody that I would be counting on as a starter next season still. I think that probably not enough on the walls. And you also need to start preparing for life after Grady Jarrett. So defensive line still got to be up there uh, for the team building. But Abdullah for the role he has, has been good. And this is a opportunity for him going forward. No doubt, Uh, obviously going to have more snaps here, a larger role uh, in that run defense and defensive line. If he steps up, maybe you think, you know what, defensive line, that's a day two kind of need right now, rather than considering day one. Obviously it depends on how the board falls, but uh still he's been he he's flashed a good bit, not as much as Graham, not as much as Grady, who have been great two players for them, but uh he's been fine. That one hurts.
1: You know, it's just like you talk these guys up and you know, especially when they prove you wrong on this stuff. Cause you know, coming in, we were questioning that area. It's like, okay, well, Taquan Graham started a lot last year. It's because he had to. He wasn't very good. You know, Jalen yeah. Mayfield, he, he had to start, he wasn't very good. Adio Gundeji, he he had to start. Doesn't mean he was any good. Taquan Graham's freaking good. He yeah. took a meteoric leap in the positive direction this year. And hopefully he'll come back and be as good as ever. And he can continue that trajectory, not continue the trajectory, but at least if he never gets any better than he is right now, he's a 10-year starter in this league. Yeah. You know, he's really good. So hopefully he'll 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 keep it up. Mark Schrader saying, Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Hope you are feeling well, my friend. Uh it is it is good to see you. Um it looked like Timmy Horn was the replacement who is, is the one who gets a chance to step up. And if I'm not mistaken, um, he was, uh, he was undrafted an undrafted free agent made the team and, um, you know, shown. Okay. Again, he's not somebody you want to have in there. That's why he hasn't been in there. You haven't had to throw him in there. Now you do. Now you have to throw him in here. That one, um, that one hurts a little bit more for, uh, I don't know that he's ready. The other one, they only have six. They only have six defensive linemen on the, on the 53, uh, Timmy horn, um, Matt Dickerson. And I looked it up and I was like, I couldn't remember who the other one was. And, um, but it was like, it wasn't great. So they're going to have to add a body for, for Taquan Graham. Graham. Um, probably Henningsen, Matt Henningsen, or am I getting my Hennessy and Henningsen? Yeah, that's Timmy horn. That's the wrong team. Um, they're going to have to add a body for, for Graham because yeah. they only had six and they lost a guy there. And you'd like to do a little better than Timmy Horn as a starter. I don't know if you're going to be able to this time of year. But Horn, Horn played uh, Horn played well.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we got Eric Mack coming in. So I'm not feeling Graham. You got to let us know more why. But he's been he's been pretty darn good for you guys. He's not out there being Jeffrey Simmons or Chris Jones or, you know, elite elite. But as a, what was he, a fifth round pick, fourth round pick. Out of University of Texas last year. You hope he's okay next year because he is a solid contributor for pennies on the dollar. Uh John Pope coming in and saying, What's wrong with Taekwondo? He got hurt in, or injured his knee and uh got carted out. So I'm I'm guessing it's probably not gonna be great for him this season. But uh, you yeah, know, just, you want to wait. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, Eric Eric
1: Max says, I'm not feeling Graham. All right. Well, again, I've said uh pretty much every week. That I think that the PFF guys for the Atlanta Falcons do a good job. Um, they see what I see, so
0: confirmation like that. bias.
1: <laughs> that's that's kind of how I grant. I'm like, how do I judge broadcasters? If they say what I see, then they're doing a good job. I, I yeah. mean, that it's uh, anyway. I know that sounds arrogant, but I, I've been doing this a long time too. <laughs> um, and NFL, you know, NFL for PFF. Grady Jarrett comes in at 26 as overall grade, and I think he's probably been a little bit better than that. Taquan Graham comes in at 27th. So PFF thinks Grady Jarrett and Taquan Graham have been pretty much the same guy. I, I I don't know that I disagree with that. No. Taquan Graham has been if he hasn't been as good, it hasn't been far behind Grady Jarrett. I uh, I think he's done a, a good job too, and. um You know, John Pope come. He he just joined us. We just talked up Abdul Anderson. Thoughts on him? He's he's elevated himself into a starting role. Yeah, he was a cut in the in the. He was he's one that didn't make the fifty three man. Got re-signed to the practice squad. Got got elevated. They flexed him. Then they signed him to the fifty three, and he worked his way into a starting starting position because he's been. uh, I don't remember who was in that spot all of a sudden and um but i know he was doing it you know they had matt dickerson in there at one point he he wasn't very good yeah um you know guys that have been in that spot are now playing in other cities tyler davison played there last year uh mike pinnell i think he had a tackle for the bears he was out there this weekend or was that the uh i'm getting my games mixed up again i remember
0: watching him and it was it may he may have had a tackle against the broncos he might be I- in Vegas. I do not recall uh, Mike Purnell, Mike Purcell. That's one. No, but uh, we got Marlon Davidson was another one. Yeah. Anthony rush out yep. there. So yeah, it's uh yeah. Abdullah Anderson has been better than those guys
1: who are now gone. Um, yeah. I, I look, who is the, the sixth, um, the sixth player for the Falcons on that defensive line. Depth chart goes Graham Dickerson, horn, Jalen Dalton. No wonder I couldn't think of it. I, i I've, cover these guys pretty extensively. I don't know that I know who Jalen Dalton is. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's... uh, Um,
1: Number 79, anybody remember seeing a 79 out there? 79, 79? I I don't remember Jalen Dalton out there. The Falcons are going to need another body on on the defensive line, and they may elevate somebody from the practice squad. I'll have to pour over that, but they're going to need
0: to bring somebody in for sure. Yeah, no doubt about this. So circling back to the game, how did the Falcons win a game this close? This is a game that they the offense wasn't amazing. The defense wasn't amazing, but you won in the margins in some really key areas that really comes down to coaching. And I mean, I I know we've hyped up the scheme of Arthur Smith a lot, but these boys are playing smart football as well. So I want to give a shout out to them uh, in these areas. Number one, penalties, penalty margin here for the bears was the Falcons. If you're not, if you don't have a explosive, consistent passing game, or are you just a consistent passing game? You can't get behind the sticks because a third and 16 might as well tell the punt boys, uh, the punt guys to get ready. So the penalty margin for this team Falcons only two penalties for 13 yards. I mean, that's it's hard to do better than that. And then the bears seven for 56. Amazing. Uh, Love to see that the other area where the bears are the uh, Falcons. We talked about earlier, not putting yourself in a situation where it's harder for you to convert and move the football. The Falcons gave up zero sacks for zero yards, obviously zero sacks. Justin field sacked four times. So those little things when your offense isn't consistent in the drop back pass game, and you can't really convert on obvious pass situations when it's third and 10 plus, you can't do that. And the Falcons didn't in this game, they end up winning. Uh, so those I think are two major stats on top of the special teams points. I mean, I I feel like the team that probably wins in special teams points uh, probably wins. 85% of the games or something. Not, not including like field goals and stuff, but like points off of your special teams kicking, uh punt or kick return game probably wins a huge amount of games. I felt like that one evened out though because of the
1: turnovers on
0: special teams as well.
1: Avery Williams yeah. uh reaching out, trying to trying to get yeah. an extra yard, has a ball punched out from him, and then Cordero Patterson turning around and on a run that looked like a kickoff return as he's going yeah. through traffic, uh lost one too. So the two fumbles there helped contribute to the 17 points. Yes. That said. The Falcons' defense, after that quick turnover from Avery Williams, stood up and bowed up and and held the held the Bears. That was, you know, that's that's that is so hard to do. Yeah. The mental part of this game is, it's crazy. It's, it's it, I say mental. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to me how huge of an effect. I mean, you feel momentum, and it's like that. It's not a physical thing. It's totally mental. But momentum, it's it's as tangible as a running game. It, it, the mm-hmm. way it goes. And to be able to go back out there and get a flip, you know, usually those are scores right away. The, the, the yeah. defense is not mentally prepared to be back out there. Um, that one was big. And Eric says uh, Abdullah Anderson is better than Graham. Um, they play different positions. Um, I, I would, I would say, you know, if I were to say that Grady Jarrett is better than Terrell, we'd have an argument there. They're different positions. Um, but I, I think Graham has played at a higher level and I'm, I'm as big an Abdullah Anderson fan as you'll find. I've been talking him up since preseason, Yeah. but I, I think, I think Taquan Graham has been been really, really good this season. I, I would, I would take Taquan over Abdullah, but Abdullah, again, as we said at the, in the middle of the show has been the best interior alignment. The Falcons have had in two years, as far as playing that nose when they're in one their tech, three, four, yeah. he's,
0: he's been the best one they've had in, in, in two years. Yeah. Hundred percent. So it was a good game, and uh, I guess the real question for me to you now, pivoting off of this, off the win, and we'll circle back to make you fumbles corner conversation here. But how much does this quiet the the urge and the questions for you with Desmond Ritter? You know, getting a game against the Bears is just this stringing along one more week. Are you like okay, back in the winning seat? You know, we saw the Saints win as well, but the Panthers lost. Buccaneers, I think, had a bye week. We're right there in the thick of things still. You know, holding uh, Desmond Ritter uh, at bay. I don't I don't think it's going to quiet it a ton. It should just like, you
1: know, I don't it, it should it, it should be one of those things where listen, I don't have to like it, but I need to accept it now because it's not happening. You know, I, I I would like to see I'm not even saying I'd like to see Desmond Ritter because like I said, we've got questions are easy, answers are hard. We don't know what Desmond Ritter's looked like in practice this whole thing. We don't know if he's capable of running the read option to the same extent that Marcus Mariota is, which is a big part of what they do on game day. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if they're going to go with Ritter, they may want a full preseason to go with him, um, so to get him ready, so they can tweak the offense to fit him a little bit better. Where he's running things for Marcus Mariota right now, they're they're physically very similar, but they're not the same quarterback. You know, they're both tall, lean, fast, but they're they are different different type of athletes, but. You know, every time Mariota has a bad play or a bad pass or a mispass, you know, Desmond Ritter's trending on my timeline. Um, it, it's it's not going to... It's not going to change it. But it, again, at this point, it's like there's one, two, three, four, five. There's six games left. You're you're half a game out of a playoff spot of the first place. It ain't happening. It ain't happening yeah. this year. Um, so... That's my thoughts on it, anyway.
0: I just, just keep winning. Uh, you'll, you'll see. You get another chance, at uh, you get another chance at Tampa, right? Like, heck, just ending the Tom Brady Tampa, uh, the owning of Tom Brady in Atlanta would be great. But uh, we got questions about cornerbacks coming in, Scott. You did what? How much of the uh, South Carolina Tennessee game did you get to watch?
1: I, I get real tired of watching fast touchdown, 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 football.
0: Touchdown. Yeah. I don't me I mean
1: it's it when it turns into basketball, you've lost me. Yep. You know, so you're so, ready for
0: some big 10 West football.
1: Yeah. So I, 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 turned it off. Um, after like the fifth straight touchdown. Um, okay. and, uh, and just then at that point, then I turned, I started watching something else and was just watching scores. I was like, Oh, yeah. 53. Oh, 60, 63, mm, yeah. you know? And, and then, you know, and then I woke up to the news that Henan and hooker tore an ACL and Bower. that just sucks. Yeah. feel for him hope he's hope he's ready he's kind of an older older guy so he can't really afford to take a year off um no um eric says when does casey hayward come back he should be eligible because he, he did ir it feels like it's been four weeks so he should be eligible to come back to practice here this week i would think eric um we'll double check on that and we'll hit back on it on wednesday uh, yeah. for sure but i would think this week but at Commander Steelers, and then a long-awaited bye. It's been a long run. You'll have 13 games before your bye week. But that'll feel pretty good with the last four games coming in then. yeah, um, yeah And and as uh, as Jason says, he may not be ready. Exactly. That's why I said where he would be eligible to come back to practice, and then they can open up the window on him and evaluate him and see like they did with Jalen Mayfield last week. Um, he uh, He may not be ready either. Oh, and speaking of which... I thought um, Chuma Adoga did a decent job at left guard um, yesterday. I was watching, again, I'm just watching the point of attack and seeing are you getting pushed back or not? (laughs) And he held his own and he had a couple, he had a really nice block on a play that went off left tackle where he slid up and got to the second level and sealed a block for a long run off the left side. I'm like, all right, he's doing a job. I, uh, I, I thought he did, I thought he was serviceable which for your fourth left guard in four weeks is pretty good.
0: Yeah. And he went to USC. Correct am I wrong and thinking? Okay, I remember from him. But- Powder
1: Springs, Georgia, which is about 20 minutes from where I grew up. I grew up in the heart of suburbia, where we had five. Um at the time, Quad A was as big as you could get. We had five quad A schools within 10 minutes of my house. Mm. So <laughs> when we had to go to McKeachern, we were like, that's on the freaking boonies, man. Now it's like considered, you know metro downtown atlanta as much as the urban sprawl but anyway he's from atlanta chuma's from he's from uh powder springs which is a northwest suburb of of atlanta
0: yeah i um, always felt like he was more of a uh, kind of a tackle guard hybrid body so uh on the move makes a lot of sense for him to stand out in that one it's the question mm-hmm. is in the power aspects or the bull rush aspects given his frame uh but talking There's about the guard body with tackle athleticism yes but maybe not guard anchoring strength right. okay. Um which is why fourth string probably, but uh, on the movement skills, excellent to see. Especially if you're going to be working that outside zone. Uh, speaking of the guards, want to give a shout out to Chris Lindstrom. Had a few amazing blocks in this one. I saw a couple uh, t- middle of the season All Pro teams with Cl- Cl- Chris Lindstrom listed as the number one right guard over a Zach Martin. He's been playing great. Uh, I think Falcons fans and including us covering the Falcons need to probably talk about Chris Lindstrom at least you know one minute or one time a show because he's been that level of a player this season for this team.
1: Yeah. And uh, Rich, good morning, Rich. Let's, let's go Falcons. And Blair says, Scott and Alkins get it done this week. Still screaming rise up. Absolutely. And, and Jamal says it's victory money. Good morning, Scott, Nick in the chat. We're, we're about out of here. So make sure yeah. you come back and hit the comments on YouTube. We're in there afterwards, but Lindstrom, it's almost to the point now where you take it for granted. You know, yes, it's true. like, okay, he's that good. And you don't talk about him going, Oh, he's, Oh yeah. What a great game. Chris Lindstrom had. It's, 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 in in soccer, you call it form. Oh, he's in great mm-hmm. form. It's not even form. And one of the phrases is form is temporary, class is forever. So, or is permanent. And right now he's just class. You know, yeah. he's he's just he's just good. Um, be interesting to see. And the Falcons will have space to take care of him. And like we said a bunch of times before, if you grew up with the Rankin Smiths, you would just be preparing okay, who's our next right guard gonna be? Because Chris Lindstrom's gone. Arthur Blank will pay these guys. Now, hopefully yeah. they do it smarter and not like their third contract when they're pushing their thirties the way Thomas Dimitrov did, or a second contract mm-hmm. for an inside linebacker and a running back that makes them the highest paid players in the league. But Lindstrom's gonna be I don't know if he gets um if he gets uh Quinn Nelson money, but he uh he's gonna be that's gonna be a target.
0: He's gonna be close. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get paid. Luckily, they have a lot of money coming off the books. And uh, one last thing before we get on out of here, I saw some cornerback talk where I sit right now with this Falcons team. You're going to have a chance to take a good interior defensive lineman, a good edge rusher or a good cornerback where you pick best of those three positions. Obviously, if somebody else falls that you absolutely love, if there's an offensive lineman you love for left guard that can maybe eventually slide out to left tackle, you consider it. If there's a great wide receiver, I don't think it's the best wide receiver class in the first round. You consider it. But right now, edge into your defensive line cornerback pick the best one (laughs) pretty simple
1: i would i would like to have um right tackle sewn up before then because then it becomes if mcgarry ends up in free agency if mcgarry signs somewhere else then uh, then offensive tackle is on the board number one Um, Uh, you can get a good you can get a good right tackle later in the draft but if one's there you have to think of if there's somebody there you like at that spot Again, I would add him to the best player of these positions, and I would include offensive tackle at that point if McGarry is, uh, if he signs somewhere else, because McGarry has played his way into another contract for me.
0: Yeah. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how it uh, plays out and what the Falcons do with a very interesting offseason and an ascending team and a big win uh, this week. The Falcons are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, They got a chance there. The NFC South is not great and they got some games in front of them that if they end up taking care of business you're going to be right there in the thick of things and who knows from there. So I know Scott you go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say we're going to we're going to get out of here cuz we're going to hop yep. over to Mile High Huddle and talk Broncos for breakfast here in uh, in 2 minutes. But <laughs> looking at it, looking at the results, you know, piss on everybody who's wetting on the NFC South. They they got a winning record against the big bad NFC West. So, yeah. and, and, the, and the the weaker teams still have the weaker teams to play. So, for me, right now, the NFC West is as bad a division as there is in football. The NFC South is, has a winning record against them so far this year. So, mm. the only one who's beaten anybody in the NFC West is, uh, it's not the Seahawks. It's not anybody. I, I don't think anybody has a winning record against the South out of the West right now. It's, it's 500 at best. So, the South is standing up and being okay. While the West teams, AFC West and NFC West, they're not hey. getting it done. On that note, we're going to go talk some AFC West and Denver Broncos. You can join us over at Mile High Huddle. And we will be back ne- uh, this Wednesday at 9 a.m. pre-Thanksgiving. Don't forget to watch the United States against Wales World Cup 2 o'clock Eastern today. That should be on Fox. The World Cup has gotten started again if you're not a big soccer fan. It's a fun spectacle. It is. It's kind of like the Olympics. I don't watch the hundred meters except once every four years. So on that note, appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time.